Good evening, lovely people. It is Wednesday, March 22nd. The Lopes fell at the hands of the sweet 16-bound Gonzaga Bulldogs on Friday night in Denver. The season is over, and we're here to discuss the amazing experience of getting to watch the Lopes in the NCAA tournament and celebrate the culmination of the season. We are excited and happy to be recapping a memorable week of GCU basketball and are glad you are tuning in as a new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Bound and for three, GCU back on top. Lob up high, Kobe knocks in the jam. Harrison with another three, 25 on the game for him. The winners of the whack. That's it, ticket punch, ticket punch. Hey, Zach. Hey. How's your bracket doing? I don't know. You don't know? This is it okay? You, have you given up on it already? Uh, kind of. Yeah? Your yeah. champion was Houston, correct? Correct. Okay. How, how are you doing? How many groups hey, are you in? I'm only in two. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in three. I'm in uh, ours that we made, and then I'm in the Wacoop Digest one, and then I joined uh, T3, who's a bracketologist. I joined his. So okay, got you. And you're a, um, you're like me. You're a one bracket purist, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I just have one bracket. Uh, I I'm gonna be honest. I don't actually care about my bracket at all. So like, pretty much, I make my bracket, and I spend so much time going into it and making it. And the second that that first game on Thursday starts, I do not care anymore about my bracket, and I just want all the 16 seeds to win. Um. So like, <laughs> I just don't care uh, really. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm just doing okay. That's fair. So let's see. Let's see. You are, you're in the win the whack one. What's your bracket's name? Is it just Zach's bracket? Yeah. Okay. You are currently 40 points behind me, which isn't too bad. I'm in the 70th percentile. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, Zach. Yeah. I am I, in the 94th percentile. Yeah. The thing that killed me about my bracket was that I picked Duke to go to the national championship. That's tough. That is very everything tough. else about my bracket is looking really good. Got you. I'm currently in third place in the win the whack group. Yeah, not bad. Shout out to Nicholas okay. Lee, who's leading our group. He has Houston and then Devin Baranco. He also is ahead of me. He's in second place and uh, he has Texas winning it all. So that's uh that's funny. Also, shout out Austin Rowe, who is tied with me at the moment. He is he is very invested in this thing. Like he's been really? texting me constantly about about the bracket challenge. So that's pretty oh. funny. Yeah, also, that's pretty cool. The un, the only other group I'm in, other than the win the whack one, is the hoop vision one. Okay. Okay. I'm in the top 54. <laughs> Okay. Shout out to T Badgley or Bagley, who is in first place in that group. He is the only person in the top 200 in this group that has Arkansas winning it all. What a mad lad. <laughs> They're going to do it. Right. Eric Musselman, man. Right, dude. I need more Eric Musselman ripping his shirt off, dude. Um. Also, shout out Chums11, who is tied for first with our Arkansas friend. Um, 
he has Purdue winning it all, so he's he's done for. Yeah. Um, so I mean, also shout out Log Branch who has Arizona and Gabe who has Kansas. Mm. But yeah, there's a there's a couple more Purdues ahead of me. But yeah, what's funny, I all the teams that got upset, I don't have them going very far. Sure, like, exactly. So like Arizona doesn't really hurt me. I had them losing to like I had them losing to Creighton in the Sweet Sixteen. Exactly. Um, uh, I have I had Purdue. I picked Purdue to lose to Memphis in the second round. Okay. Uh, they didn't lose to Memphis, but I, I had them losing early, so that didn't really hurt. Who else lost? Uh, I had Kansas losing to UConn in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one that really killed me was Duke. I really thought Duke was poised to make a run. I did have them going all the way to the Natty. Um, but my entire East region is cursed. Like I've gotten everything wrong in the East region. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Such a nightmare. Yeah, I've only lost one Elite Eight team, and that was Purdue, and I didn't have them in the Final Four, so I'm sitting pretty with all of my my Final Four teams. Yeah. Now, we'll What's see nice. how that plays out next Who's week. your Final Four? I have Texas, Kansas State, Whoa. Alabama, and UConn. Whoa. Yeah. So. Man, we only have one of the same Final Four picks. I'm guessing it is Alabama. It is Alabama. Got you. Yeah, I have Alabama, Houston, Duke, and UCLA. Got you. Here's the thing. UCLA, I don't think that's a bad pick whatsoever at the beginning of the whole bracket challenge thing. But man, that ankle roll at the end of that game against Northwestern yeah, had me sick to my stomach. That was, that was so bad. So, yeah. yeah. I think UCLA is really good. I think they're sick. I think they can do it still. I still think they oh, can absolutely. They're just oh, so absolutely. Good. Yeah. I just I think that they they've lost a lot of depth now and it's going to be really tough. I mean, if you beat the Zags, you got to go and you got to beat likely UConn after that. So it's going to be fine. tough for them to make it. But, you know, all the more power to them if they do. So, hey, yeah. the Lopes played a game this week. But uh, before we get to that, I have a questionable scenario for you. Oh, good. So now that you've experienced the Lopes winning the whack by uh, winning four games in five days and then led Gonzaga for a large portion of the first half in front of a sold out crowd in Denver, I'm going to have you pick one. Okay. You already know what I'm picking. You are offered the director of player development position for GCU men's basketball. You are on the sideline for every single game next season. The Lopes dominate the whack, earn their second straight tournament appearance, and their third in four years. The Lopes sweep whack honors and get three consensus all whack first teamers. The Lopes win their first ever NCAA Division I tournament game as a nine seed and make Whoa. a run to the Elite Eight, beating three power conference Whoa. teams along the way. Or the Suns win this year's finals. Yeah, the Suns win the finals. Dude, you're no a, you're just you're just I'm a just, jerk. No you're just a I, jerk. That's all. Look, there is. Like I just I just can't like. Okay, here's what I'll say. Being at the um, being at the championship game of the conference, like that was really incredible. But it just is. There's something about just like the history I have with the Suns that just like I just like need that. I just need that. And I, I I've said this the last like three times. I don't know how like, to up the ante, Zach. I put I you on staff. I, no, but Connor, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, I don't think it's, I, I will take, and this is what my, my original thing has been, which is uh, 
I will take a Suns finals over anything. Would you take the Suns finals? Just one, just one measly finals in your entire lifetime over the Lopes winning five national championships, five natties, five natties, dude, dude, five natties. It's hard in the next 15 years, dude, five (laughs) natties would be so crazy. That's what I'm saying. Imagine five natties and we're just still in the whack. Dude, that's what I'm saying. And you and I are just still sitting here doing a podcast for 120 some people. Dude, no, we would be doing Five it for natties. way more people. If GCU won the Natty, you you'd think there'd right? be way more GCU fans. <laughs> Maybe we could get a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Someone please Who, sponsor. Okay, here's another questionable scenario. What okay. local business would sponsor us first if the Lopes won a Natty? <laughs> What local business? Yeah, something local to Arizona. I'm thinking like Raffy Law Group or something. <laughs> Shane Co. Or, no, yeah, it'd be Shane Co. Or it'd be Shane Co. Or Sweet James, honestly. Sweet James. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, better than Streets of New York Pizza. What if we got a GCBC sponsorship? Hey, that would actually be awesome. That'd be sick. I'd do an ad read for them. For free, basically. I mean, I basically did when I talked about the mystery machine forever. <laughs> hey, Zach, do you know what time it is? Ooh. What time is it? It's trivia time. Okay. Zach, I've totally lost count on the record, but I know one Fine. thing for sure. Okay. You absolutely destroyed me. Okay. So here is your formal congratulations for this season's trivia time. I'm oh, shaking your hand through the screen. I appreciate it. I appreciate nice job. It. Thank you, thank we'll you. do one more in our next episode when we recap the entire season. But as of this point right now, there is no way, absolutely no way I can come back from this deficit. But I am going to open us up with this trivia time question. When was the last time GCU men's basketball won an NCAA tournament game in any division. Dude, yeah. Again, I like, just I have, have no okay. So here's the deal. Genuinely, I have no idea what GCU did as a school before D1. So I'm going to just say 2013 because I know that's our last year. Like, obviously, we haven't won in D1, so I'm just going to say 2013. It's a good guess. Like our, our last year not being D1. I don't know. Were we D2 that year? Yeah, we would have been D2. I yeah, do think we made it to the tournament. We made it to the tournament in one of our last two years in Division Two. Unfortunately, we lost to Seattle Pacific in the first round of the Division Two tournament. However, on March 3rd, 2007, the Lopes won an NCAA Division Two West Regional first round game 87 to 65 over Seattle Pacific. So the last time we won an NCAA tournament game was in 2007. Really? That was a while ago. Yeah, that's surprising. So, yeah, they did lose the next game. Obviously, they lost 81 to 95 against Humboldt State. So oh, that 0607 Lopes team went 21 and eight overall. They were 13 and two in conference. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So GCU, um, well, first of all, this isn't, uh, this is just like, this isn't the trivia question, but I, I will share this because it's my favorite. GCU is all time 
2-0 and against the spread in the NCAA tournament. Let's go, Lopes. <laughs> Let's go, Lopes. 2-0 and all time against the spread. We covered in 2021 against Iowa with a backdoor cover. We covered this year against Gonzaga with a backdoor cover. Um, proud of proud of the boys. Um, but uh, my question is this. So GCU, according to Ken Palm, has finished the season ranked 108th in the country. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you know what our highest Ken Palm ranking ever was at the end of a season? Like, what's the high, what's the highest finish we've ever had in Ken Palm? Can I, if I get it within five, can I be awarded the? With it, wait, it's the year, not the number. Oh, the, oh okay. I guess was which say, year? I, not, I was yeah, gonna guess say, what our highest whoa. Ken Palm rank ever has been. No, no, guess what year? <laughs> like eighty. Was our, Let's go. Was our, <laughs> guess the year that was our highest Ken Palm ranking. Can you give me what the ranking was? Uh, yeah, we were 93rd. Oh, dang. Okay. Can I get one more clarifying question? And you don't have to yeah. answer if you feel like it's too obvious for the okay. answer. Okay. Were we tournament eligible? Yes. We were tournament eligible. Okay, cool. Yes. I'm going to say it was probably the year that we won the whack. Bryce Drew's first year, 2021. It was not. We dang. were 103rd that year. So higher than this year. But okay. not as high as 2022. Last, Last year, year actually was our highest ever ranking Ken Palm. We were really? 23 and 8 and 93rd in the country in Ken Palm. That seems weird. Hey, I think this is just a testament to how incredible Bryce Drew was. I know sure. it's funny. Over the course of the year, I I think uh I will say I have been too hard on Bryce Drew. Um and I know like there was a lot of frustration with with the kind of conference play and how we just couldn't rattle off wins. We were splitting, we were losing bad games, and it looked like, man, we're just not just not getting it done. Um, but realistically, what Bryce Drew has done in his three years is so incredible. Like in three years, he's taken us to the tournament two times, mm-hmm. our two only times ever that we've been. So we'd never been before. And the one of the one of the three years we don't go is our highest ever ranking in in Ken Palm. We're top one hundred for the first time. You have like a point. 20, 24. So we were. Uh, wait, is this right? It says we were seventeen and seven in twenty twenty one. Is that right? Twenty one. That sounds that doesn't sound like uh, enough games. No, I think yeah. No, that sounds right because we did play an ab- abbreviated schedule because of COVID. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we're seventeen and seven, and then twenty three and eight, and now this year twenty four and twelve. Like this is incredible. And looking at what the team is for GCU, like just just really incredible. Um, what Bryce has been able to do, and what it looks like, what it looks like for the future looks even better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you got that right, man. I I didn't even realize that last year was our highest Ken Palm ranking. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. I do feel like last year's complete work aside from the WAC tournament was better than this year's. So like prior to WAC tournament last year and prior to WAC tournament this year, the entire work last year felt better, but you just can't beat winning the tournament, man. You just can't beat it. No, I mean, realistically, like last year it was, it was the season we, we want to have, we were 23 and eight. We, in our non-conference, we only lost two games, right? We lost to Wyoming, and then we lost at Arizona State. Wyoming was an at-large team last year. Mm-hmm. Arizona State, obviously, is a, is a good team. They're top 100. Um, and, like, those are only two losses, the non-conference, and then 
We lost at Stephen F. Austin, at Sam Houston, at New Mexico State, all respectable losses. And then we lost at uh, Dixie State, which is now Utah Tech, by one. And then we lost to New Mexico State at home. Of course, uh, New Mexico State is the bane of our existence. We lost to them a third time in the conference tournament. But like otherwise, a, a much a much better regular season than this year. But we got hot at the right time, won the last two games of the regular season, and then won four in a row in Vegas. Went on a six-game winning streak, found ourselves in the NCAA tournament. So a wonderful place to be. A wonderful place to be. Yeah, really, just really impressive work from Bryce Drew. And I know later on we'll do an episode kind of recapping the season and perhaps looking ahead. But have you looked at all at what the like the potential lineup will be like next year? Um, I've kind of thought about it a little bit. I've seen some tweets regarding it. As of right now, it looks like we are losing Walter Ellis, Noah Bauman, and then Aiden Gahan is not going to use his final year of eligibility. So we'll right. be losing those three, those three guys, and then I mean, it looks like we're gonna have our full starting lineup. Yeah. And we have Noah Ar- uh Amenhauser coming in. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a local seven foot Australia Foothills, seven foot center. Yep. Um Australia Foothills very solid team. Um so that would be really huge. Uh and then we do also have, and I'm gonna try to watch these guys. Hey, this is this is a segment we need to do for next season. There are two guys who right now are high school juniors, they'll be high school seniors next year, mm-hmm. who we've offered. Um, oh, okay. One plays at St. Mary's okay. here, and the other one plays at uh, Cactus. Okay. So I'd love to go watch uh, those guys play and just see. Like, sure. I don't know. Yeah, one of these guys, cool. I don't know, Styles, Phil, uh, Styles Phipps is his name. Okay. Uh, we offered him, but he also has offers from, like, Texas Christian and Missouri and Auburn and Wazoo. So that one might be okay. a tough get. Sure. Um, uh, but uh, Brady Heinegi maybe only has offers from us, NAU, and San Jose State. So, yeah. and he's Cactus High School. He's six eleven center. So, uh, keeping an eye on those two to go look at. But like you said, outside of uh, Ellis Bauman, uh, and then obviously Gahan, who's not going to opt for another year. Um, we have the rest of the team back, presumably. Knock on wood, right? That people don't transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming we will probably hit the transfer portal. And yep. I was actually talking, I was talking with someone about this. Um, I'd actually love for us to go find just another Noah Bauman. Oh yeah. Like I'd love for us to have a, another grad transfer with experience stretch four who can just play three and D and be good in big moments. Like well, I would I think just love... we're losing our two best shooters. So yeah, I think every fun. team could use a Noah Bauman. So I would love for us to hit the portal for another grad transfer guy like, like him. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, so the Lopes played a game in Denver this this past week. They did. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you lead off with with a little discussion about Denver? Talk about your trip. Talk about your yeah. experience. Talk about the game. Whatever you want, man. Just take it away. Okay. So Connor and I had the pleasure of both going to Denver and watching GCU play in person in the NCAA tournament. Which just saying that sentence is kind of a dream. Uh, <laughs> I remember. It's funny. I remember back in 2018 saying. Um, if we ever make it to the NCAA tournament, we're going to drop everything and go. Uh, and then 2021 came around and they made it, but just given like COVID and what the world was like it just, and where they were playing. Yeah, it was in Indiana. Yeah, we just couldn't. The whole tournament was in Indiana. It was just kind of a logistics nightmare. We couldn't make it out. Uh, we made it out for this one and and we're I, I really, really awesome. It was a great experience. I went with my dad. Um, 
my dad went to Arizona State. He's a big ASU fan, and ASU was playing in the same region. So ASU played Texas Christian right after the GCU-Gonzaga game, and then obviously the winners of those two games played, which ended up being TCU and Gonzaga. But we kind of joked, like, what if somehow ASU and GCU played in the second round? Like, would we – I told him, I was like, would we stay? Like, would you get another night of a hotel and stay till Sunday to watch GCU and ASU play? And the like, answer yeah. is yes. But they both lost, so it didn't matter. Um, But it was just awesome. We went – uh. We went really late Friday night, and then we went to all four games Saturday. So we got to watch Baylor-Santa Barbara, uh, which was a pretty solid game. That one was kind of like GCU. Santa Barbara was up for like a lot of the first half. I think they were up by one at the half, and then Baylor kind of ran away with it in the second and ended up winning by a lot. Uh, And then Creighton and NC State was a pretty good game. Creighton's just so good. Um, And then obviously the GCU-Gonzaga game and the ASU-TCU game, which that game was – like objectively speaking, that was probably the best basketball game of the four. Like it was just a really great tight game. Um, But I was really impressed with how GCU played. I mean, it was just fun seeing the Havocs. Um, I had so many great conversations with people at the, the stadium at ball arena who had never heard of GCU before. And I was wearing my Gabe McLaughlin Jersey. So a lot of them like, Oh, you're a Lopes fan. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, dude, what's like, you're like student section was crazy. Like what's like, we've never heard of you guys. Like what's going on. So I got to like talk up the lopes and like who we are as a school and like how hype we are. So it was really, it was really cool to have that conversation with like random, random, like Creighton fans who just like have never heard of us. So (laughs) it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. I also do think like, obviously we lost and that's a bummer. I think we played a pretty good game. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I, I agree with you there. What are your, you were also there, right? Uh, What are your thoughts on, on Denver and how it went? Yeah. So I left Helena, Montana right after work on Thursday afternoon. I drove down to Bozeman and picked up our boy, Josh Roberts. And we drove down to Gillette, Wyoming, where my aunt and uncle live. And we stayed the night there on Thursday night. And then we drove down to Denver the next day. It was really funny though. So Josh and I, we were just kind of like talking about how, like how cool it would be if GCU were to pull off the upset and stuff like that. And so like we had Chick-fil-A in Billings, Montana Thursday night and we're like, Oh man, this is the most lopes thing someone can do. Right. Is eat Chick-fil-A. Cause like (laughs) it was like the, the tradition to just eat Chick-fil-A as much as possible on GCU's campus. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so we did that and then we're like driving through Wyoming the next day, which by the way, Wyoming is, absolutely the worst place to drive through it is just terrible there is absolutely nothing well yeah that and because like the the speed limit is 80 miles per hour and by the time you're in wyoming and going 80 miles per hour for your entire trip it feels like you're going 15 and then also it's like stupid windy so you're getting pushed around and stuff like that It, it was it was annoying anyways we're going through Wyoming. And I guess the only cool thing about Wyoming is there's just a ton of antelope running around. Lopes up. <laughs> and so every time we'd see a big old herd of antelope, we'd be like, ah, oh, brothers. And we'd give them like a lopes <laughs> up, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And so at that point, we decided like all the, like the Chick fil A, the antelopes, we were like, this is a sign. This is a <laughs> sign that the lopes are going to pull off the upset. And so the rest of the trip, we're like trying to find things that are like, signs of the lopes winning so we'd be like oh i got an extra nugget in my in my chicken nuggets it's a sign oh there's a w on the back of that truck it's a sign 
<laughs> I dropped him off in Loveland with his parents right before we had like we were heading down to Denver. So I dropped him off in Loveland with his parents. And as I was putting in ball arena in my GPS, I looked at how much battery I had left and it was at 49%. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I Thanks. screenshot it. I sent it to him. I was like, dude, it's a sign. He screenshots his phone right back and his is at 49%. He's like, Whoa. dude, it's Whoa. a sign. <laughs> It was so funny, but, um, yeah. So I went down to ball arena. I parked and then our boy, John Mark was hosting, uh, or helping host a tailgate for GCU fans and prospective students and current alumni. And we got the free t-shirts and stuff like that. I met Brian Mueller and I got a picture with him, which is really weird because I mean, I, 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 I went to GCU for four years and I said hi yeah. to Brian Mueller here and there. And then I worked at the student life building and said howdy to him every time he walked through. But I never like stopped, shook his hand and said, hi, I'm Connor, you know. But this mm-hmm. time I, uh, I I shook his hand. I was like, hey, I'm Connor. Graduated 2020. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Stuff like that. So we got a picture together. That was cool. Uh, got some free T-shirts. Walked over to the arena and we met you. And yeah. that's when the Gonzaga band pulled up. Yeah, right, so they got out of their big old they charter so, buses. They were so cool, man. They were really cool. Was there was really that there was that one guy who was like, "Hey, who are your guys' like? What's what's your guys's <laughs> what's your guys's mascot?" And yeah. I was like, "We're the Antelopes." And I can also give you the sheet music to our fight song for when we beat you, if you want to play along. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, no, that'd be great, dude." It was so funny. they were so chill, dude. The Gonzaga yeah, really were so awesome. Yeah, no, that was really cool. They, they were nice kids. But yes. I mean, dude, how many, like, just seeing that plane full, like that video of the plane full of, yeah. of Havocs, and then how many Havocs were there? Oh my Crazy. gosh, it was incredible. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah. I was I was a little worried um, because Gonzaga, I know, kind of has like a pretty good national brand and they travel pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um so I was a little worried. I was like, man, this is going to be a Gonzaga home game, but it was not. We, I was, I know we were both sitting pretty far from the Havocs and mm-hmm. I could hear, I could yeah. hear the Havocs louder than anything else in the arena for the entire game. Yeah, no. And it was cool that they were still like, even though they weren't like the arena wasn't playing the traditional music for what we would do, like purple pregame party and stuff like that. Yeah. They were still doing purple pregames party stuff. Mm-hmm. So like right before, before tip off, they're doing the point and everything. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I, honestly, I feel like that draws the attention to them. And and I think it really um, kind of built a name for us on a national stage. Um, yeah. And then the guy at halftime, the GCU kid Dude, who was, was dancing so to at first I was afraid I was yeah. petrified. He was going crazy and he had he everybody in the arena it. lit. It was, was crazy, dude. It. Yeah. I wish I had taken a video of it because it was so incredible. It was so funny, dude. dude but uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, also really cool that they played um Listen to Your Heart. That was cool because yeah. that's like a Lopes classic. Right. And then they played Party Till We Die, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, they it played was just so the, cool. I wonder how much Brian Mueller had to bribe the ball arena like <laughs> <laughs> workers. That right. the the guy who was running the like jumbotron camera was so funny. Okay, so guys, what was happening? And this is like 
one of those things where like just being there was just so ridiculous. Um, what would happen is during for all four games during commercial breaks, right? There's three other games going on at other locations. So during commercial <laughs> breaks on March Madness, they would put up other games. So it'd be like it'd be like a timeout, and they put up another game. So while the GCU game was going on. FDU was beating Purdue, right? That was <laughs> yeah. going on. And yeah. so at one point it was like a random media timeout. And like, I think it was like the under 16 in the second half, second half kind of just started and they put on FDU and Purdue and like FDU was up by three with like four minutes. It's a close game. And so what happened is we'd like, they put it on and we'd all start cheering like, yeah. And then the <laughs> GCU game would like start up again after the timeout and they would turn it off the jumbotron and immediately just everyone in the whole stadium would boo Ooh. just like boo. and it's just like ray sean harrison dribbling the ball down <laughs> yeah, the court and down the ball Thirty thousand people are booing and then they 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 would switch it back so while the gcu game's going on they put the jumbotron off the gcu game back to the fdu game and everyone just erupts and again like everyone <laughs> drew, erupts drew timmy misses a free throw yeah <laughs> they put the FDU game back on. It was so funny. So they were doing that all night. Um, anytime someone had to tie like their shoe, the camera operator would zoom just ridiculously far so that all <laughs> you're seeing is like their hands tying the shoe, like zoomed all the way up. And then they would like all like applaud when like the guy would tie his shoe. Right. It happened to Ray Harris and his shoe straight up came off at one point. Oh yeah, dude. So they just like it was and it was happening in the previous games, but like it was just so funny. So shout out to whoever was running the Jumbotron at Ball Arena. Um, that was really fun. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. No kidding. Yeah, the Lopes played really well. I, I was really pleased with um, with Chance McMillan. I think he really dude. stepped up. He had a really solid game. I remember there was a part in the first half. I was surrounded by a lot of Gonzaga fans. I was up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, um, and then also there were a couple of guys sitting right next to me that – didn't really have a dog in the fight except for one of them had put money on Gonzaga. So he was cheering for Gonzaga, but wasn't really a Gonzaga fan. But the one guy who was sitting directly next to me, he's like, he's like looking at my shirt. You're a GCU fan. I'm like, yeah, I graduated 2020. He's like, Oh sick. You guys got a pretty cool student section down there, you know? Anyways. So I was just like sitting there. Yeah. We got a pretty cool podcast. Yeah. We got a good podcast. You should check us out. Even though you don't care about, gcu but no so i was like you know getting really excited when gcu went on that run in the first half and i think chance mcmillan on back-to-back possessions hit a mid-range shot Mm -hmm. and i looked at the guy and i was like chance from mid-range baby and he was like laughing at me i was just like dude it was it was pretty cool so yeah i i I want to give player of the game to chance mcmillan is that okay oh yeah yeah i had the same interaction with all of the people around me, which was about 70% Gonzaga fans, 29% people who didn't care and 1% me. Um, <laughs> and so I did have the, like the undecided were like big time on my side. One of the guys had GCU spread. So we Buddy were like, want some crazy. money, bro. We were going crazy at the end of the game because Gonzaga at one point was up, I think 20 and we were 22 like, oh. actually. Yeah. We're like, Oh, they might pull away. And then like the Gonzaga kind of took out their starters uh, and GCU went on that little run and we cut it to like 16 and we were like kind of freaking out. We're like, dude, like we can do this. So we were like, ever, they were trading buckets. It was trading buckets, like 16, 14, 16, 14. And we were like getting so hyped, even though there's like 
three minutes left and like the game's over we were getting so hyped and then we finally like cut it to 12 and then gonzaga didn't score on the next possession we were like yeah it's gonna like it's gonna be 12 <laughs> so we like went crazy with like when gonzaga missed with like 17 seconds left or whatever we just dribbled it out we were like yeah the lobes are gonna cover and he nice. hit me with the good teams win, great teams cover. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> I was like, no. this is the dude. This is the yeah, guy. That's hilarious. Really but yeah, um, Chance McMillan went insane in the first half. I, I will say, like, um, I I was telling this to my dad that like watching Chance do that when we went on that little we went on a we went on a 10-0 run, right? We went on a 10-0 run in the first half. We started yeah, out really so. slow. Um, we were down 10 to 2, and then we ended up taking the lead. Um, 12 to 10, we went on a 10-0 run, and Chance was just hitting tough shots. And I remember saying, like, yeah, I just don't think this is sustainable. I don't think we can do this for 40 minutes. Because it was, like, he was making impossible shots. Like, he's making mm-hmm. the shots that, like, you see NBA players make, and you're like, yeah, like, that's why they're in the NBA, you know? Like, yeah. It's those, like, off a dribble in the short corner, like, a 20-foot fadeaway off a dribble right? Where you're just like, yeah, an NBA player who's really good, like, can make that shot a lot of the time, but, like, you just don't see D1 kids hitting that shot, and Chance was, like, kind of automatic with those shots for about six minutes in the first half, and I was just, like, really, like, wow. Obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, just shooting at that clip is not sustainable. Like, the the quality of shots we got, I think, was not very good, and so Mm -hmm. I think, relatively speaking, we shot pretty well, given the quality of shots we had. Yeah. Um, and then we did have a kind of a nice shooting stretch late in the game when it was kind of over to bring us back in. Um, but, but yeah, I think we guarded drew Timmy pretty well too. I know he had 21, but I feel I like we did a so pretty too. decent job with him. Forced yeah. him to make some shots that, you know, he has to make. And then um, he missed a lot of really close shots. So I, I yeah, yeah, I agree with you. We contained him pretty well. Yeah. I think the flow of the game basically was just this. Okay. Josh asked me before we got to the game, you know, what do you think GCU has to do to win this? And I said, well, first, you can't turn over the ball and you can't give up a lot of transition buckets. And guess exactly what they did at the beginning of the game. Uh, Turned over the ball. Turned the ball over and and gave up transition. I I will be honest. I was really embarrassed by that. Yeah. we We won the jump. And I think, was it chance? We won the jump and it went to chance and chance like. Fell down. Court just like fell down, lost the ball, and they took it the other way and threw it down on us like yeah. three seconds into the game and i felt like yep. oh this is so embarrassing and might get really ugly and we kind of yeah. lost our composure because of that i think um they well, we didn't we didn't run. handle their their full court press at all like we That's did not true. yeah and then we adjusted a little bit and we're able to we did and we went on a run back yeah. took the lead had the lead for most of the first half yeah. like you said um but yeah i think we played pretty well this gonzaga team's really good uh, i mean every gonzaga team's really good but like they're good they're solid we knew what we were up against um, they, they forced us off the three point line. That was did. really the big difference. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what Timmy, like drew Timmy said in his pregame interview, like he, from what he's seen, the lobes shoot really well from three. And so they don't want to give us that opportunity and they want to make us beat. They want to make us beat them at uh, the rim elsewhere. Right. And for about the thing is for about 12 minutes in the first half, we did that, but it's hard to do that for 40 minutes. Yep. And, and I think that's what it ended up being, but I think I think we played pretty well. I, I like the way we handled ourselves. Obviously, uh, Ray Harrison had a, had another pretty good game. He had twenty. Uh, McLaughlin had eleven. Like you said, Chance had sixteen. Um, so good game from from the boys there. Uh, only seven turnovers as a team, which is really incredible. Gonzaga actually had five more turnovers than us. We had uh, six turnovers at half. Yeah, 
<laughs> so we had seven total. No, we it's did crazy. a great job. I mean, we had five less turnovers than Gonzaga. I really thought that like part of what would be, I thought if we get blown out, it's because they're going to get a lot of just like strips that lead to dunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ironically, they got the very first play of the game was that. And then after that, like it didn't really happen very much. Yeah. Um. So we did a really good job of holding onto the ball. I thought I was, I was just really, I'm so impressed with this team and the way they played the way they kind of turned on the jets at the end of the regular season into the conference tournament. And even that momentum carried over into this game. They, they didn't look, they didn't look like they did against Iowa when they played Iowa. It looked like they were just happy to be there and mm-hmm. none of them had any tournament experience. And then Iowa just kind of beat the crap out of us. And in this game, it looked like we actually showed up and we thought like we could, we, we played like a team who thought we could win the game. I thought, which is huge. Yeah. Mentality is like massive. The only other thing I want to say about GCU is I want to talk about Bryce Drew's post game talk to the team. Did you hear that? Um, yeah, I did. No reason for anyone to have your head down when you walk out of here. Okay, um, you guys left with all your pride. All right, you left with 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 respect again from the opponent, respect from everyone who watched on TV because how hard you guys played out together. You guys played the whole time. All right. Sometimes in life you get everything right away. Sometimes in life it comes in steps. All right. And and again, GCU three years ago had no banners in their rafters. Zero. Zero banners. All right. Javon, Gabe, Chance, you guys have been a part of two banners now. Everyone in this room, you're a part of one banner. And so when you come back to Phoenix 20 years from now, that banner's gonna be up there. All right, those banners gonna be there for making the NCAA tournament. What we learned, all right, all throughout this year, what we learned right now, okay. This is how great programs start, because you get to a, pe- a place where you haven't been before, and then you go back and you learn, and you get better, and you improve, and then you return to that place, and then you get to the next level. And that's where we are right now, okay? If we play this team a year from now, all right, we should beat this team, because everyone in this room that's coming back should get a lot better, okay? A lot more experienced, a lot more mature, a lot more confident, and now we come in, in that three-minute stretch, and that six-minute stretch, it doesn't happen. It's only a three-minute stretch. And the other six don't happen, and we win this game. And so this is how great programs start, all right? And we're going to be a great program, and, and we're going to go back. We're going to get way better from this. But, but again, be confident in yourself. Have great pride. You guys showed, showed well. Man. You guys played well. Led for 11 minutes in the first half, and again, just couldn't make some shots that we usually make. So, so proud of you guys. Let's uh, huddle up Lord's Prayer. Walt, why don't you lead us? Yeah, Bryce Drew is just awesome, dude. Yeah. I it's funny. When I listened to this, I thought about something we've said previously and something we gave Dan Marley a really hard time about, which is we are not a moral victories podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think so as to say, uh, we are not here to say, uh, and I guess like I don't like to say like, oh, we lost, but we only lost by 12 to Gonzaga. Like, hey, that's pretty good. And like that is pretty good. Um, but I I think that just after the Dan Marley years, I don't want to. I, I'm done with like, oh, we only lost by a few. It's like, I'm sick of losing. Um, with that being said, I, I do think this is different. And I do think Bryce Drew is right, which is this is a program that has never been to the tournament before, right? Uh, when a lot of these guys started, we had no no banners. Uh, and then like the, we, we have two now. A lot of these, a few of these guys are core have been part of both. Everyone else has been part of this one, right? And it's this idea that uh, he said something, which I think is is great, which is, uh, great programs have to like come here and basically like and lose these games. And it's yeah. like you come in and you lose these games. And the only way you're going to get to a point where you like play in this tournament and win these games is if you have that experience of like as a Learning. program of like playing in these tournaments and losing these games, unfortunately. And like, and obviously that's not always true, right? You look at a team like FDU, but like 
that's hey, the F- way it is. FDU was there two years ago, three years yeah. ago, and they, yeah. they lost. So yeah. yeah. So so that's and I think like to say, like, oh, that's a moral victory. Sure. And that's a moral victory, I think, that I'll concede, which is we're we've taken a step up, which is we're not just winning 20 games and losing to New Mexico State three times. We're actually making the NCAA tournament regularly, which for a mid-major program, for how hard it is as a mid-major to do, making it two out of three years when only one team in the conference makes it, that's good. And yeah. um, and I think that that's the building block, right, that grows this program. When when you have um, – when Styles Phipps is looking to make his decision next <laughs> year for where he goes to college, right – He's going to look at Texas Christian and he's going to look at Auburn and Missouri and Washington. And how is a program like GCU going to stack up? Well, obviously like those are power conferences, but it's going to look a lot better saying, Hey, this is a program that's gone to the tournament two out of the last three years and has a lot of their guys back. Right. This is a program that's a lot more appealing to recruits and to people who want to play here because of that experience. And Santa Barbara, who's another team that offered uh, is in that same spot. And I think, I think Bryce Drew's right. And I also think that's, like just given the circumstances of how probably intense and emotional that locker room is, if you if you look in the obviously we just put the audio, but I encourage you to look at the video. We'll retweet it on Twitter so people can see it. Um, if you look at the players' like body language at the end, they're, they're really not, frustrated. Yeah, but they're yeah. not like hanging their heads. No, you know? and I I guess I what I'm thinking is if I were one of them and I just lost this game, I would not want to hear Bryce Drew's at least we have banners in the gym speech, but it would be something that I would remember forever. Like yeah. uh, that is the kind of thing where like, you just think back on like, man, that was such a great, I think that was a great Bryce drew speech. And I think that perfectly like encapsulates what this program and team is and and where they're going. Yeah. And man, like, I'm just, I'm really proud of this team. And honestly, like I made this move where I'm just really proud of Bryce drew, like for what he's been able to do. Yeah. And I think he's just awesome. So yeah, that was really, it was really cool to see that uh post-game interview i'm glad that the gcu men's basketball page shared that yeah no that was cool it was it was basically in summary just these are building blocks and if we're gonna get to where we want to be you know winning five national championships in 15 years okay maybe not that but winning some tournament games maybe making deep runs being the cinderella the team that's dancing at the ball you know if we want to be doing that there's building blocks and like he said, yeah. you got to lose some tournament games. What I really got out of that, though, I thought the coolest part was he said, you left with the respect of your opponent. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga is the number one offense in the nation. You know, yeah. a team that's in the top 10 in the AP poll, a team that is currently number seven in Ken Palm, a team that a lot of people are saying, you know, this might like a lot of the people being me, this might be right. their year. You know, yeah, it might be their year. It very well could be. Um, they but, could be the best team in the country. Yeah. Gonzaga is a really solid program. Even Mark Few said a lot of great things about GCU prior to the game and after the game. And if you're able to leave with the respect of your opponent and they didn't just blow you out by 40, I think that speaks volumes to the effort you put in. And like you said, it's this is not a moral victories podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't consider that a moral victory. I would consider that this is a building block and we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And that's huge. That is massive. So I'm just, I'm with you there. Bryce drew is awesome. I think he's, he has a very reputable character. I I really appreciate him for that. I appreciate that he, you know, 
has a Christ-centered focus on the team. That that is my biggest thing. I know that, at least from what I have heard, Dan Marley was a huge jerk. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, we love winning games. We hate losing games. College basketball is highly competitive, and you want to be the team that's better than every other team. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, and it pains me to say this, yeah. it's a it's a game, right? Yeah. And what really matters here is that the young men that are going through these programs, and not just in basketball, the young the young women who are going through the basketball programs in in the in the women's side of things and and softball teams, and then you got like men's football and all, all these sports in college. What matters is that we are developing great people. And and I know that, you know, being a great hearts teacher, it's about having great hearts, being great hearted people. Yeah. Um, and for me and you as Christians, it is so important that coming from a Christian school, we, we lean into that and we lean into the, the idea that not only are we trying to be great people, we're trying to be Christ-like people. And I think that was probably my biggest sigh of relief and and leap for joy when Bryce drew was hired was because I, I had a a feeling that he was going to emphasize that. And that is so important to me and seeing them pray after games together as a Mm -hmm. team and seeing him speak about, um, about his faith among, you know, press conferences and among the students and among the, the, the basketball players, that is, that's huge for me. And, You know, you could lose a lot of games, you could win a lot of games, but if you're just out there just to win games and you're not developing people and you're not discipling people, it's not it's not worth anything. Right. And so. he does say that at the very it's funny, at yeah. the end of the clip it kind of cuts off, but he does go into that uh okay, we're all we're all gonna pray. Uh Walt. He calls Walt Walter Ellis, you're gonna lead us off, and then it yeah. cuts off. But yeah. I think like that is that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. and I think you're right, right? Uh that just the the culture difference out taking taking basketball aside which is i guess funny because it's a basketball team but taking basketball aside there is a big difference i think between the culture of the program on the inside in the bryce drew years as opposed to the dan marley years yeah yeah absolutely well and it, and it comes back to the whole joy thing you know scott drew kind of coined it bryce drew used it with gcu mm-hmm. jesus others yourself if you think of those things and make those um your priorities in that specific order, life is going to be a hell of a lot more fruitful. If, if it's Jesus is your priority, others is your second priority and yourself is the third priority. So I, I just, I really, I really appreciate Bryce Drew for that. And when it comes down to it, um, he could lose a lot of games, but I think he's winning at life in, in that aspect. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that he's not losing a lot of games, right? Like exactly. Right. Outside. So on top of the fact that he's a good leader of men, he is, I think also a really good basketball coach, which is nice. It's a nice like bonus on top. The best of both worlds, right? Yeah. He is. No, he's, he is great. He's the guy that I want at the helm of this program. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, there was a really cool basketball game after the GCU game that we were both at. It was, um, so, like I said, you and I were both up in the nosebleeds for the GCU game. Um, yeah. We didn't sit together. I was actually sitting on my own, which kind of oh, stunk, man. but it was what it was. Um, John Mark texted me between games, and he was like, hey, there's a couple of open seats down by me. And he was down in the lower bowl on the corner. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dude, that's sick. Yeah, let me come down. So I went down, 
sat with him for a while and I ran into Emily and Tanner Bach. Um, Tanner was the one who was the president of the Havocs for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Emily is a, one of the triplets from Missoula. Um, they're just awesome, awesome people. I have only seen them once. I actually haven't seen Tanner since 2020. Um, yeah. I've seen Emily once since 2020 and it was just recently, but it was really cool catching up with them. We sat with them for a while, watched those two crazy ASU dunks right under our noses. Dude, that's there awesome. was, there was the poster one. And then right after the, the up and under one, that was so cool. I got super yeah. tired though. And so I left a little bit early. I had to drive Dude. down to Colorado Springs Barber. from Denver. Um, Cause I was staying at John Mark's apartment and uh, John Mark was actually house sitting in a different house this weekend. So I was on my own oh, in man. his apartment, drove an hour oh. down to Colorado Springs. Next morning, I wake up. He lives less than a mile away from Top Golf. So I went straight to Top Golf in the morning. Right after that, I got some Chick fil A. As I got Chick fil A, I was watching the Chelsea game which that was not a great result. They tied Everton 2-2. Everton's like bottom of the table, huh? Yeah, they trash. That's pretty bad. After that, I went to Bass Pro Shops, which was fun. No way. And then, <laughs> and then John Mark was like, hey, I actually got permission for you to stay at the house that I'm house-sitting. And so I was like, oh, okay. So this is Saturday. I'm at Bass Pro Shops. I leave Colorado Springs, and I drive up to this place where he's house-sitting, and it's like it's like three quarters of the way from Colorado Springs to Denver. And it's like out in the Hills a little bit on the, on the East side of the interstate. And Mm -hmm. so I go in there and I'm like, wow, this is a huge house. They got like this whole basketball court out front. They got a putting green out front. And so it's a four car, four car garage. John Mark lets me in. He gives me the tour and there's so many beds and baths. There's this bookcase that if you push the bookcase back, there's a poker room behind it. What? <laughs> it's, it's pretty sick. And then downstairs they have uh, like, you know, the pool table, the ping pong table, you got the darts and stuff like that. But they also had a full home gym, a full master in the basement. They had a golf simulator, a full bar and like a nine seat, like, you know, theater situation. And so we're watching basketball. He, he, myself, and his girlfriend were watching basketball. We watched the the Kansas versus Arkansas game in there. Um, I'm hitting yeah. some golf balls on the simulator and stuff. Dude, that's so cool. So that was pretty cool. That's where I ended up staying that night. Well, for dinner, we met up with one of his girlfriend's friends up in Denver at this place called, I think it was called Punch Bowl Social or something like that. And it's like this bar and they got bowling, they got darts, they got, I think it, they called it like XL Scrabble. So it's like this big old Scrabble board. They had ping pong and they had all the basketball games on. So I had a couple of beers. Um, we got these loaded fries and they were Sriracha peanut. And if you know me, I hate hot sauce. Sriracha is about the only one that tastes good. But man, my sinuses were running so bad. We were there for about three hours, okay? And this is this is where it gets good, okay? Okay. So we leave Punchbowl Social, and we had parked out back, right? And so we walk around out back, and the car isn't there. 
Nice. Oh, <laughs> I know what happens because I got your Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, this, <laughs> so what happened was when we parked there, there was a sign that says, customer parking only, violators will be towed. And so we're like, oh, we're customers. We can just, you know, park here. Yeah. Um. So what happened was we didn't read the fine print that was at the very bottom of the sign that was really very, like very, very, very fine print. And it was like, um, you know, customer parking only, violators will be towed. And it's like on the bottom in the fine print, it said weekends, there's like no parking allowed on weekends. Oh. <laughs> and so it was Saturday night. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, shoot, we got towed. We called the towing company up. John Mark sat in the queue for like 40 minutes. It was like the whole time it was like, you are second in the queue. You are second in the queue. And then like 30 minutes later, it's like, you are first in the queue. And we're like, does that just mean that the person who was first in the queue left the queue because they were so annoyed at being in the queue? Anyways, we show up to the towing place. John Mark gets out. He goes up to the window. And this is at like, 11 o'clock at night at this point yeah and uh he goes up there he's like yeah i got a i got a jeep compass um i i parked over here and i think that it may have been towed here and she's like oh yeah we have we have one of those making models in our lot and stuff like that and so he goes he's got his remote he's like trying to ring or sound the alarm so that he can find the car and he couldn't find it right okay so he calls us up we're waiting in the other car and uh, he's like, hey, I've made two laps around this place and I can't find the car. I'm starting to think instead of it like got towed, it may have gotten stolen. Oh, we're like, oh, shoot. And so he says, yeah, I'll make one more round around. And if I don't find it, we'll have to figure something else out. So he makes his final lap around. And as he's approaching the gate that, you know, it like opens and closes every time a tow truck comes in. As he's approaching the gate, a tow truck pulls up. And the car on the back of it, its horn is honking and its lights are flashing. And we're like, oh how did we beat the tow truck here? <laughs> it was his car. <laughs> it, was, it was so How did we beat the tow truck to the towing company? It was so funny. John Mark, uh, he was charged $380 for that tow. Dude, I oh split it with him, gosh. though, so because I felt like it was kind of my responsibility because I was like, yeah, you can park here. It just says oh. customers, you know, so... So we yeah, both killer. we both lost a lot of money that night. So man, but yeah, Sheet. we made it. We made it back to the big old mansion. We slept in the theater room and um, watched a little bit of the community before that. And then Sunday, I woke up at nine eight. Well, a little bit before nine a.m. I left that house at nine a.m. and I got back to Helena, Montana, at nine p.m. So about a twelve-hour trip. So, that how long a drive it was? It's about an eleven-hour drive, but you know, Josh and I, we we had to stop get some food, we had to get some gas yeah. and stuff like that. But we had a good yeah. time. We made the most of it. That's awesome. No, it was a really, uh, it was a really fun, fun trip. Um, yeah. glad that you had a good time. I guess although the car getting towed kind of sucks. <laughs> hey, it's a funny story. We'll be able to remember that. It, it's, it was yeah. it was two hundred dollars per per person. So like when it came down yeah, to it, it was cheaper than my flights. <laughs> right. <laughs> we took red eyes both ways. It was horrible. I bet, dude. Frontier I saw I saw that you were leaving at like eleven thirty p.m. We flew Denver. in our flight in from Sky Harbor 
mm-hmm. was at 9 30 p.m okay and it's a it's a two-hour flight but you lose an hour because of the time zone yeah so we get in at 12 30 in the morning so we didn't mm-hmm. get to our hotel until 2 a.m and the first game was at 11 30 so you got to so, sleep in just a little bit but not a terribly, little bit so yeah and then on our flight out was at 11 p.m but we get an hour back so we get in at like midnight okay um so we land probably around midnight mm-hmm. and then they just there wasn't a gate for us so we're just parked <laughs> on the tarmac and the plane for 40 minutes oh my god dude i was like gonna lose my mind so yeah we just landed we were parked on the tarmac for 40 minutes and they found a gate for us so we got out of there about one <laughs> just like so i was so done um thankfully i was I, because frontier is the worst uh, i was sitting like on the opposite side of the plane from my dad so i uh he's like he would have just lost he i'm sure he was losing his mind so i'm kind of glad that i didn't have to like just next listen to him. to him freak out yeah 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 that's so funny strangers. but yeah it was it was pretty crazy but yeah it was very fun um very enjoyable i will you know as within reason i will i will try to attend anytime the lopes to make the nca tournament i will do what can be done to get there um because it, it was just incredible even though they lost like it was an incredible experience i will always remember the time i got to watch the lopes play gonzaga and the ncaa tournament yeah. Um, yeah let's make an annual pilgrimage i'm down yeah it's just a big old family reunion for all the lopes fans i my dad found out that the conference tournaments for for the WAC and for the pac 12 as well as i think the west coast conference and the mountain west are all in vegas at the same week uh, the West Coast Conference is a little bit earlier in the week, and I don't know about the Mountain West, but I do know it is there. So. Yeah, it's there, and then Pac-12 and WAC. So he said we might just go the whole week next year. Just go to the go to Vegas for a week, and then just that would go be to so the cool, dude. Yeah, just get to go to like all just bounce back and forth between all four conferences, just whichever game you want to see. So John Mark did, really? Yeah, he went to dude, both the Pac-12 and fun. the WAC tournaments. So that is really fun. I I would love to get to do that. Obviously, we. Uh, at the very least, I'll be driving to Vegas for a championship before there. But maybe I'm getting way too far ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> it's an annual pr- pilgrimage, like I said. I'm sure. Dude. I'm sure in November, for some reason, there's a little bit of point in November where I think like we're not gonna get out of the first round of the conference tournament. <laughs> so, so it's all right. It, it's okay. I just Bryce Drew knows more about basketball than I do, and that's why he's coaching the team. And I'm hosting <laughs> podcasts like this. <laughs> I, 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 that's too good, dude. Well, to close up, uh, there were some happenings around the WAC. One in particular from today. Why don't Man. you uh, Why don't you chat about that? Yeah. Um, so in the CBI, um, congratulations to to Tarleton on an incredible season. They, I believe, lost in the. Did they lose in the second round to Radford? Or it was the first round. They lost in the first round to Radford in overtime. Radford's a pretty good team. Um, out of the big South. Uh, so that was a, a tough loss for them. Um, and oh man, which team is in the NIT? Uh, so Utah Sam Valley Houston. is still in it. Sam Houston lost in the NIT. Um, they won their first round game and then lost in the second round. Uh, Utah Valley is on to the what round. Are they in the, they're in the semifinal semifinals or no, you're right. Quarterfinals. Quarters. The semis and finals are in Madison square garden. Yep. So it'd be really incredible. Um, and it sounds like they're hosting yeah. Cincinnati in that game. Yeah, so they're playing Cincinnati, which will be a really big game. That game is on. That game's tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. Um, that game's tomorrow. It's on ESPN two, nationally televised at six p.m. Um, today, Southern Utah played Eastern Kentucky in the semis of the CBI. So Southern Utah 
um, has already, they've had a long trip. They beat North Alabama by a lot. They beat Rice by two. Uh, and then they today, unfortunately, lost by two in double overtime to Eastern Kentucky, 108 to 106. <laughs> that game was so crazy. I I genuinely can't believe Southern Utah lost. And I will say that, so Southern Utah's coach um, left. He, where did he, he took a job somewhere else. Uh, do you happen to know? Todd Simon. I, I, I do not know, actually. He took a job somewhere else. So one of their interim coaches or one of their assistant coaches is acting as the interim. And he's just like, the plays he's calling up is, are crazy. Um, at the end of overtime, they had, uh, I think they were down by two with like six seconds left. And so they they run this crazy inbound play where a guy ends up getting the ball and he's able to just get downhill and drive at the rim. And he gets mm-hmm. blocked by Eastern Kentucky. So it goes out of bounds with 0.9. Okay. And they go back and review it and end up giving him like a second and a half. So so they still have the ball down two with a second and a half on their own on a, on a baseline out of bounds. And they okay. run like they literally they run the valley oop. And so the inbound, <laughs> pass, the inbound pass is an alley oop. So a guy just like he like gets an off ball screen, comes up and then just like an alley oop slam to tie the game and send it nice. to overtime. And I was like losing my mind. I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Really big time shot making. Um, from the guys, the the bench, uh, Cameron Healy had 23 points, but he had seven threes off the bench. Um, D Barnes had 17 off the bench. Tevian Jones, who's usually like their big time score, didn't have that great of a game. 16 okay. points on 14 shots, but the bench really was was incredible. Um, but yeah, then in, in double overtime, they there was a, a questionable call where uh it was a tie game and Eastern Kentucky goes up for a layup and there's a foul called not on the shot. So they missed the shot and they call a loose bell foul on the rebound with 0.4 on the clock. Oh man. Just like that ends the game. And it's, so it's, it was like, it's like a dumb, it's one of those things where like, you're going to call a loose ball foul. Like with realistically, the game should just be done. Like it should just go to triple overtime because mm-hmm. like no matter what, no one's getting up a shot. Cause like the shot was with less, like the shot was with a second left and it missed. Right. So he gets the rebound and then it's fouled. So they called that and everyone's losing their mind, but yeah, that's then he's tough. Lucky. they made the free throws and one, but yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough call, a tough way to go out. But uh, Southern Utah had a really good season. Uh, they looked really impressive. I watching this, I I thought, cause Eastern Kentucky is a pretty good team too. I thought like, how did GCU just run away with this team? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just, I don't know. Well, different. But yeah, all I'm so, saying is I'm I'm glad that the teams that I'm glad that the teams that are staying in the whack are finding success. I yeah. was kind of happy to see that Sam Houston State got rocked by North Texas. Yeah, but, the mean green is good. Yeah, they beat Sam Houston really badly. Like smacked them. But yeah, the yeah, teams that are staying in the whack, you know, Utah Valley, Southern Utah, um, even Tarleton had a had a nice showing over mm-hmm. there at the CBI. But I'm just glad that these teams that are sticking around in the whack are finding success because Man, yeah. I'm pretty sick of these New Mexico State and these Sam Houston State fans. They're, they're... And the well, and the big drama is the Sam Houston State coach is leaving to go to New Mexico State. Right? Isn't that crazy? Which is just crazy. They're and all the New Mexico State fans are just like, oh yeah, now we're gonna be back in, okay. in the driver's Good seat. Luck. It's like, dude, okay. Good luck, buddy. Like, hey, I and I, I had this, uh, I had this conversation with someone on Twitter, and I was just losing my mind because uh, someone like. They're just, you know, I've, we've been arguing with New Mexico State fans always because, of course, we have. And um, someone, another GCU fan said something like, uh, 
New Mexico State leaving the conference isn't going to matter. They're still just going to be talking about GCU all the time. And I said, <laughs> and I said, I said, no, they're not. Because if they think that we're bad, wait until they're in a conference of liberty. <laughs> so realistically, <laughs> realistically, like the New Mexico State fans who like don't like GCU for like what the school is, right? Like y'all are about to be in a conference with Liberty and Liberty is probably going to rock them too. Yeah, no kidding. Not only are they going to have to deal with like Liberty's crap, but they're also going to probably lose to Liberty. So I think, I actually think like to people who are saying like GCU New Mexico are always going to hate each other. I think like maybe, but like, I think that they're going to be just so miserable with Liberty for the next couple of years that like, I think the GCU New Mexico State within like five years will be forgotten, honestly. Well, I'm hoping there's still that that possibility of there being a non-conference rivalry between the two, but well, there's a scheduling alliance, right? So yeah, um, I'm not gonna hold my breath though. They might put us against like FAU. I hope they put us against Liberty. That now that would be sweet. Yeah, I I can see them putting us against FAU. Yeah. Um, hey, I hate FAU now. <laughs> I, they're the they're the they, they them boys. Listen, I want them to lose. I want listen. I do not like Tennessee. I want Tennessee to beat FAU by fifty-five points. Okay? Dude, did you see that thing I sent you on Instagram about Still like the, the, the hardest foul in NCAA history? Yeah, where it was like the I guy shoots the three, and another guy comes up and elbows him in the face for no reason. Dude, FAU I saw that and I was like, that's what everybody in the nation wants to do to FAU right I'm now. I'm sick of FAU. I want FAU to get blown out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And normally, like when there's a mid-major team like that that gets an at-large, it's not usually there. It's fun to root for them. So, like, it's it's hard. It's hard to make yourself the villain in the FAU situation, but they've done it. Um, and I hope that they get blown out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like we're just about out of time. Shout out to Bryce Drew. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to John Mark. Shout out to Zach's dad and everybody that just made this weekend so incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll be back probably at the end or the conclusion of March Madness. So after the championship game, we'll kind of recap the GCU season as a whole, live in fond memory of what what we went through this year. But um, until then, lopes up. First time that I saw you, mm, you took my breath away.